is Sports Arena and his Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 with every pay-per-view and special in between. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. How are we doing, Jay? We're doing all right. I've, I've done Living Dangerously and now I'm sleeping mellowly, so that works out really nicely. <laughs> oh, we got, got quite a lot going on this week. We've got some jam-packed shows and we've got nothing this shows. And we're, we're on the build to a palooza. You know I love a palooza. You do love a palooza. You've stated that many times. The fans of the show would know that. I mean, Balloon Animal Palooza was probably still my favourite, but Wrestlepalooza is up there. It's definitely top 17 paloozas of all time. Yes. Oh, definitely. There's so much going on this week. So this week we are still in 1998. If you look at episode two, 1998, we know how this works out. If we go forward, <laughs> this is true. Just let's let's stay in 1998. Yeah, let's just stay here. We watch 98 constantly. It's mostly it's the same matches every week, so we won't be able to tell the difference. Um, episode 254, 255, and 256 of Hardcore TV. Girl. Just I said hardcore TV, I felt needed to. I, yeah, I wasn't going to challenge you. I, I, I felt exactly the same thing. Yeah. Oh, in other news, MLW um, Underground this week, Steve Carino won the heavyweight title. And I normally talk about. Who's that sorry, young whippersnapper? I know. I know we talk about the end of the show, but it was exciting for me. So I thought I'd throw it out early. Go watch uh, MLW Underground and. See the extreme horseman capture all the gold. That's um, worth it. Um, anyway, sorry, back in '98, not in 2001. Um, <laughs> Which is as near as we're getting to 2020, ladies and gentlemen. That's as near as you need to be. It's a safe distance away between '98 and 2001. I think is perfect. It's true. I'm creeping to the modern day. We are. We are getting there. We're effing getting there. Um, so 254. <laughs> The show kicks off. Does it start with the weird little cake segment, or is that a little bit? Start with the weird little cake segment. Yeah, so we get Jenna Jameson there on the network. I don't know if it was just mine, but the audio is completely gone. Mm. I couldn't couldn't hear anything she said at the beginning until Heyman sort of really told both. There was something. She wasn't mic'd well. Um, Okay. I don't know where you strap a mic to that. Dress. Anyway, so yeah, there was she was there was she wasn't mic'd well. That wasn't picking up the sound very well, but she was squeaking about something. Squeaking about something to do with cake, I imagine. And um, Paul Heyman's like, "I'm not falling for this. I know where this goes. The person get your cake in the face." And then, yeah, it was something to do with inviting Paul to to lick her icing. Yeah, and then Crone just sort of popped up, and he goes, "I've got no problem putting my face in Holy cake." <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of then shoved his face in the cake we all rejoiced and Nova was in hysterics and Meanie ate some of it off his face and that was that yeah I mean to be fair he's out Meanie'd Meanie on that one hasn't he he has out Meanie'd Meanie Meanie tried to put it back a little bit Meanie but Cronus um, out Meanie he was the, the uber Meanie but it just shows you the direction that Cronus is heading I guess yeah I mean that's his Total eliminate no his total contribution to the pay per view. Total contribution. Um, total contribution. Total contribution. You can't see me wiggling my head backwards and forwards as I say that, but I actually am. I think we can all we can all imagine it though. If you weren't disappointed, be all over the place. But um, yeah, I miss the eliminators. I miss the eliminators. Uh, the other, the the better half of the Eliminator. Yeah, I wonder if he's the TV champion in WCW yet, or if he's still just flocking. I don't know. I shall I shall investigate while we talk. Good. Um, this show is basically just highlights of living dangerously. There's no point in going for it scene by scene. Is there any like key bits you want to take out from this episode? Um, no. So they they did explain that the. Sandman Sabu dueling Kane's match 
was recorded like half past six. Um, so it was kind of like really early in the show, which we know because it was too extreme for TV. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was it was pretty much everything we talked about last week in depth in the archives. Da- Living dangerously, nineteen ninety eight. That's the thing. So basically, if you want to hear about Living Dangerously in 1998, including that Batman Bigelow, it's Hasbot. As Jay said, we discussed it fully in last week's episode, which is free. So go hunt that down and listen to that in full. But that is generally um, 254. It's sort of just that. Um, and sort of our snow video. That's sort of it, really. So uh, Saturn won the television championship in 1997, November 3rd, 1997. Oh, wow. He's probably... Beginning of 98, he's uh, feuding with Glacier. Oh, wow. Saturn's usage of the superkick offended Glacier. Um, defeated, he was defeated by a flock member, Van Hammer, and loser leaves the flock. However, Raven opted to throw Hammer out of the flock instead. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say... Fucking hell. It was a room for hammering that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do over, you're gone. Um, oh, God, this is backfired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't see I'm none of his other championships, though. 97, I was impressed. I guess um, he got a lot faster than I thought. I just assumed he was still sort of recouping from injury and sort of came back and I won, but fair play. Um, yeah, so he um, he only won the the, WC champ- the the television championship once. Yep. So that was, as I said, ninety seven. Then it was tag team titles with Raven nearer the end, wasn't it? And another ECW alum after that. I like it. Um, so let me just see. So he was the champion in November third, nineteen ninety seven beating Disco Inferno, and then he dropped it back to Disco a month later. December the 8th, 1997. It's my father's birthday. Um, oh, well. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. So, um, he had that run. And then tag team, he... Let's see, let's see. I know him and Raven held the belt. I'm not sure. Did him and Melinko hold the belt soon? Him and Benoit. Him and Benoit, oh. Harlem Heat, Public Enemy. Public Enemy Champions in 1996. They won it yeah. September 23rd, 1996 and lost it October the 1st. Yeah. Harlem Heat. Yeah. Then the Outsiders, Steiner Brothers, Outsiders, Luger and Giant, Outsiders, Steiner Brothers, Outsiders, Steiner Brothers, Outsiders, Sting and Giant. Steam Nash, Ball and Giant, Steiner and Kenny Chaos. Rick Steiner must be like a 26-time tag team champion. The outsiders aren't far off. No. Um, Barry Wingdom and Hennig, Benoit and Malenko, Mysterio and Kidman. Raven and Perry Saturn win it um, May 9th, 1999. They lose it to the Jersey Triad, which is um, Page and Bigelow. Yeah. Canyon in their corner. Um, then Benoit and Saturn win it back off the Jersey Triad in June and then drop it to the Jersey Triad five days later. Good God, these belts. Harlem Heat again. West has, West has Red Knacks, Harlem Heat again. Wow. And then the Harris brothers have a little bit of a run with it in 2000. That's when they're NWO 2000, isn't it? I guess. It is. The silver and black attack. Oh, yes. Um, sorry. Yeah, so 1998. So episode... <laughs> where were we? Oh, yes, uh, at the very beginning. So far, we've covered Cronus put his head in a cake. Nine and a half minutes of worth of conversation. Cronus put his head in the cake and everything else was from Living Dangerously. And covered the whole of um, Nitro. So... Yeah. Are you happy with that episode, really? So the only other part was the triple threat promo at the very end. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they cut the promo about having all the belts and all the belts that matter and, you know, just covered in gold. So, you know, he was, he was going to tell 
franchise was going to tell Taz that he's the better man and you know shake his hand and all the rest of it. But you know, it turns out he's not. And um, uh, yes, he's the world heavyweight champion. He's the world ta- TV champion. He's the world tag champion. The Triple Threat are amazing. They're incredible. They they make people better by just being connected with them. Lance Storm isn't even a Triple Threat member. He's never been a Triple Threat member. He's a lackey. He's a wannabe. But he's risen to greatness just by being aligned with the Triple Threat, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. it, it was all great stuff. And then it started having a bit of a conversation about <sighs> Al Snow. Yeah, I mean, there's no thing to be a recurring thing. Obviously, pay-per-view, um, Living Dangerous, we spoke about Al Snow getting the victory and everything and how it all sort of goes. We're leading up to Shane Douglas versus Al Snow. There's no hiding that fact, and it is mentioned on every show. So this is the, um, I've got to know, I want to know who's best. I want to know. I In my head, I know I can beat you. In my heart, I know I can beat you, but I've got to know. So I'm going to put my belt on the line against you because I've got to know. Um, which is lovely, but continues my, my, my pet peeve, number 707 of ECW, of champions calling out their challengers. I was going to say, I can't remember the last time someone challenged for the belt rather than, I mean, even Taz and um, uh, Bam Bam. Yeah. I'm going to save you and then I'm going to give you a shot at my title. Thank you. Yeah. Taz and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, was it, was it Taz and Shane Douglas for the TV championship? Was that the last time? A challenger actually challenged the champion. Well, I thought no, I didn't. I thought Shane Douglas challenged Taz to beat him in three minutes. Well, he got goaded into it though, wasn't he? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. But I said that way. So yes, yeah, so that happened. Al Snow, we get an Al Snow video showing. Um, it's a missable show, to be honest. It's, it's a recap show. If you but... if you've not watched Living Dangerously, then watch it, and I'll give you the, the broad highlights. If you have watched Living Dangerously, then uh, the promo is pretty good. You could skip to the promo or you could just skip it. Yeah. Like we've said before, ECW generally works in tapings through house shows and all this. So they always struggle the show after the pay-per-view, which is a shame because in a real sort of situation, you'd want, you know, Triple Threat coming out to start the show, bam, bam, bragging and all this. It's just hard for them to do. Everything's kind of... Yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to get my head around because I'm um, conditioned to the WWE model, whereas you know you have your eyes on the product the day after the pay per view, exactly, and that's you know that's your big one, like you know that that night after WrestleMania kind of thing. That's that's you're in some ways a bit, even a bigger show than WrestleMania because that's where you're starting everything again. So. All of those eyes you've managed to get onto pay-per-view, you then transfer onto your TV. And, you know, this, kids, is all of the reasons why you want to hang around. Yeah, when um, ECW, it's basically always going to be the week after. So, and maybe not even then. Well, yeah, it depends on, yeah. Still a little bit kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it all depends on um, how tapings in that lineup. Yes, yeah, so we get that. So we then get episode 255. <coughs> uh, starts off once again with Jenna Jameson. Um, talking about wanting to give head. Obviously, it's an Al Snow reference. No innuendos. And we get oh, another. Oh, I've just got that joke. And now we get another Al Snow video. Um, they're getting behind Al Snow. Well, you know, he is. Job squad, so he is job squad and job squad and somehow he's got himself a little bit pushed. So we get that. We then get our first match in a couple of weeks. It's the full blooded Italians versus Lance Storm and Chris Gandido. Now, prior to this, there has been a statement made by ECW about the state of the cha- tag team championships. Yeah. And unlike other organizations that have taken belts off of people. Um, ECW is not going to do that because they want to retain the sanctity 
of the championship. You would not see them doing something like, for instance, winning a tournament and then throwing a championship down. That would not happen in ECW. So um, uh, they are going to have to wrestle as a team and compete until they can find someone good enough to beat them. And if there is any sign that one of them has tried to get out of this or doesn't give their all or anything like that, and to be honest, how can you tell? Um, then what will happen is that the person who is considered to have not tried their best and tried to be clever uh, will just be sacked. Yeah, which I, I guess it's a way to keep these. I mean, I don't know why they shouldn't just forfeit the belts and do a tournament or something, but... Because that's not the ECW way. You will not see anyone forfeit any championships in ECW. Hmm. So, yeah. Again. Again. But yeah. All right. I mean, I'm sure they did that just a while ago. I mean, obviously, I was referring to the NWA championship, which is the famous one, although that's like four years old at this point. Um, yeah, I was just trying to think. Obviously, the Eliminators, Cronus tried to defend it by himself. I was just trying to think if any tag team champions, but yeah, I suppose no one, no one has at this point. I thought who was the champion? Oh, RBD does it in the future. Awesome does it in the future. Taz does it in the future. I don't know. I suppose Taz does the honors, and Awesome kind of does the honors. Yeah. So we get this match. Um, Storm comes out. Candido's not with him. Candido goes over to the sound guy and makes his music play uh, before he comes, which I thought was quite funny. With, I, um... I know that's such a silly little thing, but the fact that they both came out to Lance Storm's music, he had such an issue with coming out to Lance Storm's music that he went back and told them to play his music and actually went into the into the back through the curtain and waited for his music to kick in before he came out. I I just thought it was great. I thought it was funny, and um, I love how Tracy Smothers dancing to it as well, which is always a pleasure. Um, yeah, the match was it was decent. I mean, they are they are a good team. I can see why it's sort of going. Yeah, I mean they are. They they they've got such good chemistry together. They've got such you know. I mean, both excellent workers. Lance Storm is really becoming Lance Storm. Um, yeah, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, it, it's kind of smart. You, you buddy him up with Candido and he sort of, you know, he's getting the rub, getting the big matches, but also helping become a star. You know, you sort of look at other things like Jerry Lynn, who obviously took a different path and um, a slightly longer path because of it, I guess. Yeah. But um, not really good. But yeah, they get the win. They retain the titles and we'll see how this story unfolds as they are still the tag team champions. Um, next up, we get Scorpio returning once again, teaming with his good old friend, the Sandman, taking on RVD and Sabu. Obviously, this was set up at the pay-per-view when everyone got involved and um, he did a little dance with Sandman, said about the only person he could trust. So this match makes sense. Um, it does, uh, and then a, a, a strong, experienced tag team, so I expect them to put up a good fight. Um, I really enjoyed this match, actually. I bits of it, yeah, and a little bit of everything. It was, it had um, obviously some great wrestling with Scorpio doing his bits. Had a little bit of carnage. Had a few botched spots with Sandman trying to do table dives, slipping off, then just running back quickly and launching himself again. I thought that was quite good, but um, it wasn't a classic. But I didn't mind it. I thought it was um, for a TV match. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean it was it was I mean it was quite nice to see the Sandman and, and Scorpio back together. Um, you know, one of the greatest bromances in um, ECW history. Um, there was a time they held all the gold. It was, it was um, two gold Scorpio. Yeah, which is a crazy thing. Um, RVD and Sabu pick up the win, which is a yeah, big surprise. That's the- Bit that you know, I mean, I don't know how many times Sandman has to pin, has to job to these two. There's, there's just no heat at all on them. 
Yeah, no, well, not to the extent because it's too too familiar now. It's, there's no. It's, it's getting so, to Tommy Dreamer Raven territory. Yeah, I mean, Scorpio lost to RVD at the pay per view. Sandman lost to Sabu at the pay per view, as well as every 30 seconds for the last, what feels like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, do you remember it's the first time ever? Um, and uh, there's nothing here that feels like a threat from Sandman because he's never been booked as a threat to. to Sabu, you know, he, he plucky young kid swings away and tries his best and then just gets pushed through tables and whatever else. Yeah, I mean, like I said, half decent match, not bad, but um, yeah, they just uh, Sandman's just kind of plodding at the moment. I mean, um, I think it's still quite a while before he leaves, but um, yeah, he's just sort of just he's not really sort of doing a great deal. He's sort of just existing and losing Sabu every week. So hopefully that builds up and he gets a different path sooner rather than later. You chicken when he becomes hack. I am. I think that's going to be... Jim? I suppose it might be late 98. September 98. Oh, wow. So it's not actually miles away. No. Oh, so I guess he's just sort of Sort of floundering and seeing how it all goes. Very, very interesting. Um, so we get that. Uh, we then get promos from a bad, bad Bigelow, who basically says that he has to. He is the champ, and if you want it, you have to beat him. Kind of thing. Which I think makes sense. Normally, that works. No sort of breaking. <laughs> yeah, it was this weird kind of, you know, um, I grew up watching these wrestlers say, you know, if you want this, you'll have to beat me for it, brother. Um, and he kind of mocks it and then kind of goes, but if you want this, you'll have to beat me for it. Yeah. And I was expecting is, I, I always something. Have, I always find it's like shots at Hogan in like quotes that have just, Hogan's never said. Yeah. Uh, Hogan was never a, if if you want me, you're gonna beat me for this, bro. Yeah, that's like that's a Rick sort of flair kind of to be the man. You got to beat the man. It's down that sort of, you know, more than. But anyway, and I I was expecting something like you know you'll have to kill me rather than just like that's it. If you if you want to be the champion, you'll have to beat me. Yes, that's yeah. that's that's how that works. Works. But if you want this, you're gonna have to kill me. Yeah. Like I was willing oh, to kill you, Taz, you know, and then just bring it back. Mm. Yeah, no, it was um, it was interesting. Um, so we've got a little promo from Bill Alfonso, RVD, and Sabu. Um, New Jack, as I'm guessing, he's starting to go off into his singles run now. Yeah, looks like is, it, doesn't which it? Which is refreshing. It's good to see. Uh, I think it's the best place for him. He is. I mean, regardless of how we know how he goes, I think at this point he is a big enough star to just sort of come out and be New Jack. So it's, it's going to be good to see sort of how he goes with that. And then we get the classic Shane Douglas, it's my belt sort of promo. Yeah, so this is the, the Descent into Madness yeah. promo, which is then picked up heavily next week. Yeah. Um, and the descent into madness is because Al Snow's in his head. Yeah. And Al Snow's gotten to him. And it's driven, you know, this this constant challenge of Al Snow and who the hell does he think he is? And, you know, you're not worthy of my belt and you you don't deserve a shot at my belt. And you're kind of sitting there going, we've not heard a fucking word from Al Snow. Al Snow could no be oblivious to all of this. Yeah, yeah. And that fits with the gimmick quite nicely. He, he, he's just a, yeah, there's not been a word from Al Snow. At this point in time, there's not been anything from the crowd. So it's not as if they're like kind of, you know, getting on him with it. He's been in segments where he's kind of gone, do you know what? I'm so sick of you, Al Snow. I'm going to put my title on the line because I need to prove that I'm better than you. To, 
who do you think you are to think you're better than me? Who do you think you are to challenge me for my title? You, you, you told him to. He's not even accepted the, the match from what we've heard. <laughs> True, we just get music videos. Yeah, well, I, I've been on holiday for two weeks. His phone's turned off. He's, um, he's probably oblivious to this whole situation. He's going to come back and find that Shane Douglas has gone crazy and he's got a match. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it's, the, um, the, the, the bicking of, of these things is a little bit The, the way bizarre. they're doing it is you'd think there's a pay-per-view in like a week, kind of. I mean, it's getting so, it feels like it's getting so fast-tracked. Like, I don't know when WrestlePalooza is, but ECW normally have a little bit of time in between their shows. It's not far. I think it's June or something. Yeah, but still. It's this is this, so It feels like the intensity of, like, I must beat him, I must beat him. You know, they, they could have done another six-man where um, Al Snow beat him again or something before all this. It just feels very fast-tracked. Yeah, It comes straight out. Like, I need to beat you. I want to beat you. I need to beat you. And it's like, well, beat him then. Like, why Why is this? There could have been, you know, heads left everywhere or, you know, he could have seen head everywhere he went. And it just, there could have been this growth of insanity. Like, I need to die out my life. Yeah. Or even like um, he's doing a promo and, you know, the camera turns upside down and he starts losing at the cameraman, like. What are you doing? Why is it turning upside down? You know, just anything. It could have been this. You're really- a virus. You've infected. Your insanity has infected this organization. The one that I've built. I made this, and I'm going to cut you out like the tumor you are. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it just could have. I mean, obviously, we don't know where we're going with it exactly, but I just, I just feel like it's been slightly rushed. Like I lost you. Um, Pay per views in two months. I'm challenging you. I'll see you there. Oh. Everywhere I go, I just hear Al Snow talking and telling. And who do you think you are? Well, it's only you. I've not heard him once. Maybe it's, maybe he's on the like the, the hotline, and I'm just not dialing in. But oh, do you remember the hotline? I do. With Axel Rotten talking about his uh, match for two nights. I know you hear me, Daddy. I know you hear me. I can't wait for that. <laughs> we'll fucking get there. We'll fucking get there. <laughs> Um, so that's the end of that show, Ralph. No bless him, losing his mind. Um, we then get to episode 256, which is around the 18th of March, I believe, 1990. Yeah. Um, very close to months. Very close to more birthdays. Um, Heyman is out in the crowd, basically talking about um, pay-per-views and saying how they've got a different pay-per-view sort of network and um, it, it's kind of hard because this is like so exciting but it's also so sad because you sort of know how it ends so it's sort of this great thing and you uh, you sort of, sort of find yourself sort of going like yeah and you think oh no so it, it's kind of like a bit of sweet but um, it's happy for him at the time yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean, though? It's kind of this weird, like, we're growing, we're doing this, you know, with a little engine that could. We've got this, everyone. Thank you for all your support. Yeah. We, we, we're getting there. And you just, you know, and you are sort of buzzing for them, but then you sort of get the reality, like, oh, yeah, this is like 20-odd years ago. It is. It's, it's very strange. And um, it, it, it's this real weird kind of insight in the sense that, you know, they're, they're celebrating with the guy that runs the the fan group in, in, of ECW in New York. And it's his letter-writing campaign that's got them on to pay-per-view. Yeah. And it's this very strange, guerrilla, low-tech, low-fi, dated, small-scale, big achievement. Yeah. And it just, yeah, I mean, it shows uh, it, there's bits like this that show, depending on how you view it, it's either how ragtag and held together by superglue and renegade this, you know, little engine that could t- kind of team is going, or just how small and unprofessional this quote unquote wrestling show is. I mean, I think it was the last episode that 
Joey Styles jacket that obviously isn't Joey Styles jacket because it's three sizes too big for him. Just annoyed me. You know, you can't even get a suit jacket that fits the guy. He's due a spurt, though, to be fair. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, no, it's just, um, yeah, so I, I, was, I was mixed with that. Uh, we get an interview with that very Joey Styles. He's with Shane Douglas and Francie. He he makes a joke about um, Night the so this is the second. So this is the second week in a row he's made this joke, and it played through on the first one, or maybe it was the first week of the show with the Living Dangerously one. Um, but you know, it's um, it's going to be Al Snow, so it's Light, Night of the Living Head. Um, and he thinks it's hilarious. He does think it's hilarious. Shane, not so much. He loses his mind, continues to lose his mind. Uh, again, nothing from Al Snow. But Shane Douglas is losing his mind again. Sort of come in to stop to him, break it up, stop up. Joey Styles, to stop Shane Douglas beating up Francine, because Shane Douglas is starting to grab and and manhandle and pull Francine, which is everything we saw with Chris Candido about a month ago with Sonny. So yeah. we just have this continual triple threat domestic violence thing going at the moment, which. I don't need, I, you know, that's not the types of heels they are. She's well, no, like, head cheerleader. She's, she's the, the, the hottest, most valuable, most sought after woman in the world. That's not the relationship they need. They are, have. I don't need that to be part of his descent into madness. Yeah, no, it's, um, it was weird. I mean, I understand him sort of the whole, him reacting to the line because it sort of goes along with what they're doing but like you said the direction yeah I mean Joey um, Styles if you want lose your shit on Joey Styles and I've got no problem because or you know someone runs down to protect Joey Styles and he gets laid out I, all of this is fine it's just I don't it was the it was specifically the fact that it was um, uh, was angled yeah. at Francine and that just felt absolutely out of character off key and not needed Yep. So we didn't get our first match of the week. The chair swinging freaks. Axel Rotter the Bulls. My only take on Danny Doring and Roadkill. Um, is this Danny Doring and Roadkill's first match together? It is. So it's the first match of Amish Roadkill. We'd seen Roadkill before, but this is Amish Roadkill. Danny this Doring's debut, apparently. So they tell us. And they yeah. are Mr. Wright's new team. And they're joined, I spy... By his Dros. new bodyguard, Droz. Yeah, Droz. So, Which, um, so this WWF invasion is now Droz with Danny Doring and Amish Roadkill. Which um, screams like takeover, really. We're I don't know who's going to stop over. this. I don't know who's going to stop this false of Danny Dorian and Roadkill. A young Danny Dorian and Roadkill. Amish Roadkill. Just so, Roadkill. Amish Roadkill. Apologies. So Amish fans so decide to the way to get heat is to chant fuck the Amish. <laughs> Which seems a little bit generalised. <laughs> but this is the hate this guy's created. On his debut. I mean... On his debut. Yeah, white hot. Yeah, I guess um, Pitbulls must be gone by now, surely. Yeah. I don't know where they're gone, but they're gone. Um, I shall check. Yeah, so this match, again, nothing massively special with this match. I mean, it's good to see Droz out there. He does take a, a chair shot, as to be expected. As um, everyone takes chair shots, as Axel Rotten and Bald Mahoney pick up the win. As Team WWF lose again. We found him. Um, sort of. I mean, there's a whole big chunk missing. So there's a whole lot about their '96 stuff. Yeah. Losing to Shane Douglas at Bay in 1997. I remember that. Mm. Then there's a whole lot of other stuff, none of which is actually talking about ECW. And then on March the 4th, 2000, they returned to ECW and lost to Roadkill and Danny Doring. 
Um, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. In a, in a WWE on a pole, mate. <laughs> Mr. Wright, you know, the two loves of his life Return. fighting against him. Two years, two years in the making to finish the feud. Uh, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't cover their. Um, it doesn't cover their 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 run in um, uh, in ninety eight. Maybe they stepped away. Maybe they stepped away in the hope of getting signed up, and they just didn't. They didn't indeed or something. I mean, they did that weird. Um, yeah, they did that weird. If we lose to you, we're going to go. Was it Chetty? I think so, yeah, because they didn't basically, um, they didn't go anywhere, so... People's returned to ECW as, at, as good as it gets when they turn villain by aligning themselves with Lance Wright and confronting Taz, who attacked the Pitbulls. Pitbull 1 would take a managerial of Pitbull 2, who feuded with Taz over the World Television Championship, but failed to win the title in November to remember... remember feud is a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. yeah, they kind of talked for a little while and then went away and came back and had a match. People made a televised appearance in ECW on the 20th of December episode of Hardcore TV. So they are, yeah, they're gone as it stands. Oh, wow. Well, nice to meet you, Pitbulls. I'll see you. I'll see you soon. Uh, we get the full blooded Italians, uh, Greedo and Smothers again, the versus Too Cold and the Sandman. Again, not a bad match. This is mainly just let's get Scorpio a win before he goes back to WWF. Yeah. So he can get a good buy. Um, they put over like the up and coming sort of cool team and get the closure on that feud. They now get their sort of fan friendly. Hey guys, love you guys. See you guys on the flip side kind of match. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have any issue with that. I thought it was fine. It made sense. I mean, I just enjoyed watching um, Sam and pick up a win. Um, well, yeah, that as well. Nice, nice, and needed. Um, we then go to Tommy Dreamlet versus Justin Credible. There's an awful lot on this uh, show this week, as in this particular episode. Yes. The other ones have been sort of very non-eventful. This one, they sort of cram it all in. Yes. So, Justin Credible versus Tommy Dreamer. Um, back and forth, sort of brawling around, as you'd expect. Uh, so, the big shock is when Justin Credible tries to hit the That's Incredible, if it's called that yet, on Bueller, and she reverses it into a low blow. Good reversal, must say. Yep. And uh, with, with help from Mikey, Dreamer once again picks up the win. So, um, at Living Dangerously... Bueller came out when um, Dreamer was looking beaten. Low blowed, just incredible. That allowed Mikey to get involved. Uh, that allowed Dreamer to fight back. Um, Nicole Bass came in and beat up Bueller. Mikey Whitbrick came in and beat up everyone, and that was what got the win. This time, Chastity who's now with Mikey Whitbreck because of, yeah. uh, with uh, Just Incredible, because according to Joey yeah. Styles, she's just an ECW groupie. She dies. Yep. Um, so she's now with Just Incredible. So she comes in and has a cat fight with Eula. Yeah. Which is when Mikey comes out and him and Jason get into it. And then Mikey and... Tommy and yeah, and then and then just incredible just destroys Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, I was going to say he won the battle, but he didn't win the war. Including a um, uh, so he's kind of standing and holding Dreamer's leg, wraps his leg over it, and then kind of leg drops his leg onto a chair to kind of hurt the knee and the the leg. Which was was pretty innovative. Mm. So I guess someone else will be doing that next week. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, they just lay everyone out, and and we we get the usual um, Bueller being held, watching Tommy get beaten up, 
which feels like how many weeks before he does the just incredible no, that's incredible well that's not just that's, that's not the what the, the uh, dream no how many times before, no before Tommy Dreamy does it to him oh uh, I'm shocked it's not already happened it's probably happened in the so 15 they're, they're, pre-matches that two well he's been trying it out yeah so that must be close isn't it that's a little prediction I mean, it's a dreamer wins the battle, but loses the war. And the feud continues on. Um, don't mind it. It'd be nice if Dreamer won without help from sort of Mikey. I, so the end of the match was pretty much beat for beat the end of the pay-per-view match. Yep, that's what I thought. Which disappointed me. Because, you know, surely there's... A slu- uh, you know, and, and their first blood match, which we only saw parts of, had similarities in it. Yeah. So it's just it, it's it's disappointing that they've. This is the end, and this is obviously the end of the of the house show loop or whatever they're doing. But why continue to show on TV the same ending? Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's. It, I mean, if you're going to go this route, at least change it up slightly. When Bueller came in and, and teased being with Just Incredible, why was I going to believe that when she wasn't with Just Incredible when she teased it with the pay per view? It's just so weird that's still a thing when it's really not. Yeah. And it's not and, um, again. So it's not even this weird kind of you know the last person who pile drives are, is the one she's in love with. Logic we were working on previously. No, it's just um, like you said. It just feels like I'm going to say old footage, but you know what I mean. Like you said, like loop footage where they're yeah. practicing versions of the pay per view, and they had one left. And they sort of threw it on there because they. I still don't know if they'd filmed. Um, what they were doing yet. So. Yeah, or, 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 you know, they were just still doing the loop because you can get away with that in an arena show. And, you know, so Philadelphia can have that ending and New York can have that ending and Florida can have that ending and whatever else can have that ending. But if you're putting them all on TV within a very short amount of time of each other, so, you know, four weeks-ish between the first time, the second time and the fourth and the third time. Yeah. Five weeks, maybe. Week before the pay per view, the pay per view, two weeks off, and then again. That's it. No, it's just um, too much. Yeah, it's weird. Weird choices, big time. Um, we didn't get Shane Douglas, Chris Candida, and Bam Bam Bigelow, also known as the Triple Threat, versus Chris Chet and Jerry Lynn, with um, Lance Storm stepping up to be their partner. Good enough match. Yeah, decent match. I think Triple Threat looks strong. They get all their, their bits in. Um, I felt Shane Douglas sort of rubbing the belt in uh, Lynn's face was was interesting. Yeah, when he starts the match, he's on the apron. The match starts and he's still wearing the championship, um, which was quite strange. Um so, yeah, I, and again, it's the whole kind of, you know, this is my belt and this belt means a lot to me and it's my belt and it's my belt and it's my belt. But stop just giving out title shots then because, again, you're the one who's gone, oi, come and have a shot on my belt. <laughs> what have you done to deserve a shot? Nothing. You just fucking offered it. Very fast forward to next week. Jerry Lynn, you looked at my belt. Who are um, you? I'm you, def- you can win my belt. I want to defend my belt against you. Um, so, yeah, so like I said, good match, triple threat. When Storm has Candido beat Douglas, basically, ends up assisting and putting Candido on top of Storm for the win. And a beautiful promo afterwards about how he beat you know, Lance Storm without any help. Yeah, after taking his um, finisher and all that, yeah. which is pretty good. Uh, Shay Douglas goes on to say that Al Snow isn't in his head, with everyone then starts throwing all the heads into the ring. Um... Uh, Al Snow hits the ring and they battle towards the end of the show. This, again, this is a go-home show for the pay-per-view, no? No. <laughs> no, you're right, it should be. But, but, 
you know what I mean, though? That, that's sort of like, he's not in my head. He's not in my head. And you've got the strobe light and all the heads are getting thrown in. This this feels, and then our snow finally appears. It, this almost feels like this could be the go-home show for the pay-per-view. And should have been. Because what do you got <coughs> six weeks? That's it. I mean, if they're multi-match, sort of tag matches, really, it's the fact that he hasn't been subtly making... Knowing this Sunday going against this man, no else, no in the ring with heads everywhere. You just sort of just think, but no, it's just not. It's just, um, just uh, you know, week three. Yeah, very, um, very, very bizarre. I mean, I don't know how crazy. I mean, you know, obviously we go along for the ride and we see where they go, but it's just. Just feels so rushed. I don't know whether they're rushing to kind of get across that Al Snow is a legit contender or what their plan is. But uh, yeah, and again, but if that's the angle, then I don't know why you're why you've got him coming out and beating up on. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just it feels it feels like they've read the calendar wrong. Yeah, or no. they they shuffled the pages wrong, and this was meant to be. The match on the last show before, <clears throat> and accidentally they've, they've read it third. It was. It feels like um, WWE the other week. They had obviously like the pay per view. Then like, oh, two weeks later we got another show. You know, and they started to throw it in quickly. It feels like that almost, but it's not. They still got like another like month, two months to go. Yeah. So, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And um, definitely will be. That's the end of the show. The shows, three of them. Um, yeah, like we said, because of the taping schedule, normally you get excited after a pay per view thing. I'm almost a complete reverse with ECW because I know that they don't have anything taped and they can't obviously, you know, have Bam Bam Bigelow walking out with the TV title and shows before the pay per view because it sort of spoils everything. So it's kind of rough in that sense. I guess I guess what they're doing, but it it does affect it. It's affected it after every pay per view. Yeah, I mean, what I will say is that I do like the fact that after such a hellacious ending to the match, um, Taz is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, um, I like that. I like the fact that he's he's off for a minute. Um, and will come back as a killer. But, you know, I like the fact that they've kind of let him go away for a minute. Very much so. Uh, he's selling Falling Through a Ring more than Tommy Dreamer has ever sold anything in his life. Yeah. You know, he's had to have his testicles syringed and still is back within a segment. Remember that. Um, but I like that. Um yeah, I mean, the Al Snow stuff is the bit I, I dislike at the moment just because it feels that they're trying to tell the story from both ends. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like them both. I'm excited for it. But, yeah, it just, it just feels super-duper rushed and very um, confusing. I mean, Al Snow's a weird one for me. I, I, <clears throat> I enjoy his stuff. Um, I don't know how much of it feels organic to me. Yeah. And maybe naively, I always believed it was a little bit more organic um, than it seems to be. Yeah, I mean, he's got positioned and he's he's got positioned fast. And like you said, the handing out of the heads and all this other stuff is like... um, you know, I understand, you know, the crowd involvement and I know Paul Hilliman always said that he loved his intro because he always wanted to sort of create like a rave intro and that's what he always tried to do about our snow. And I, I get all that and it is cool, but like you said, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, planted to make this guy look like yeah. a megastar. Which, again, as I said, you know, it, it probably naivety on my point that I don't, 
think of that, if you know what I mean. Um, and also, yeah, it just feels kind of like, oh. That's the thing. And also the fans, are they reacting to our snow? Are they excited for the entrance? You know, it's kind of... Or the fact that they get to be part of the show with the head. Well, exactly. So it's a part of the star of front head. It's, it, it's playing to their base instincts of, you know, you can take over because it doesn't matter who's in the ring. It doesn't matter what happens. You're, you're going to do your thing. That's the thing, strobe lighting, you know, one's got a head going mental, prodigy blaring out. Um, yeah, it worked. But, um, yeah, interesting to see if we get promos from our snow and sort of the direction that his promos will take, if it's just all comedic or we get a slightly, you know, serious Al snow. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see where this all goes. <clears throat> We continue the yeah. road to wrestle Belusa. Belusa Belusa. And beyond. But you can get involved with the conversation if you wish on Twitter or Instagram. Simply go to at underscore sports arena. Um, loads of you have, and it is appreciated as always. If you're posting ECW stuff, use the hashtag ECW. We always check out, probably give you a like and get involved because we like ECW and um, MLW as well. Extreme Wholesome. MEW is, is definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. I feel that if you're listening to this and you've heard us talk about it and all of the ECW alumni uh, who come up, the fact that, you know, I, I, we still feel fairly confident in saying that in many ways it's the spiritual successor to ecw um i feel that you've, you've probably checked that out but if you haven't for whatever reason if you still haven't quite got round to it do so so you join us next week as we will relive the revolution and we continue this journey of extreme um yeah see you later <laughs>